I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. It's Friday, April Fool's Day. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice, but no fooling around here. And that's my kind of bad intro into getting into the futures bets for the MLB season in 2022. Colby, the season is uh, starts on April 7th, and we are finally getting into the futures bets. And then next week, we will cover team totals, and we will pick our World Series winners. But first, Colby, American League MVP, National League MVP, the Cy Youngs and Rookie of the Year. How fired up are you? Come on. Dude, this is wild. It, it's it's wild because for the most part with MVP, Cy Young, like there are a lot of favorites that do go on to win the MVP and Cy Young. But it seems every year, like Robbie Ray, nobody expected him to win the, the AL Cy Young last year. You know, even Bryce Harper, no one, like he was definitely not the favorite to win NL MVP last year. And so there's always these surprises every single year. And when you look at the board, man, it, it is tough. It really is tough to, to dissect who these are, but I really do think we have some really, really solid sleeper options for people. Um, and still, there might be value in, in the favorites as well. And we really pride ourselves on these picks. Last year, we did very well. I picked Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to lead the league in home runs that ended up pushing. I had Garrett Cole as my AL Cy Young winner, just narrowly lost out to Robbie Ray. Probably should have beaten Robbie Ray, and I think he would <laughs> no, have agreed. No, 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 no. It, he had know. a 3-2 ERA versus versus Robbie Ray at a 287. Peter. I'm all for the peripherals. I'm all for it. Robbie Ray was the Cy Young winner last year. But Garrett Cole moving into this year, not much competition that AL Cy Young, but we'll get into that later. How about my dark horse pick about Corbin Burns nearing plus 3,000 last year for NL Cy I had Brandon, I had Brandon Woodruff, which uh that looked pretty damn good too. If it weren't for your guy, Corbin Burns. Yeah. So we're feeling good. MVP, Cy Young. And you'll see me for all the people on YouTube. If you could hit that subscribe button, give this episode a like. I am wearing my leather jacket. And this episode and this podcast is called Not Gambling Advice. It started April 1st of 2021. I gave out three picks a day on TikTok. And then it just started to roll. And every time I would get three in a row, I would wear my leather jacket kind of as a so are you saying that you've already won these picks? Is that is that I'm what you're saying, implying here? I'm saying I'm going in about as confident as possible to make these bets. I look like a weird rock band singer, but I feel like a million bucks, Colby. So why don't we start right now with the NL Rookie of the Year? Unless you have anything to say before we get into NL. No, let's just get into it, man. Let's do it. Let's rip. Give me your NL Rookie of the Year pick. This is really tough. This is really tough. Um... So you have two options here. I really don't think there's much value in anybody below O'Neill Cruz at plus 380 and Seiya Suzuki at plus 380. I'm going to just kind of go through a take for each because I think there is a case you could make for both here. The case for O'Neill Cruz is that when he does play every single day, when he does get a full 600, 650 plate appearances, this guy is going to be a freak. He last year had 118.2 mile per hour max exit velocity, which is greater than every single person in major league baseball, except five players, Pete Alonzo, you know, Otani, um, Stanton, Vladdy. judge, those five, right. 
he's right there with them. And I know for a fact from Aram, from what he's told me, that he's put up exit velos in the 120s in the minor leagues. My only issue with O'Neill Cruz is that he was just optioned down to AAA in spring training. He's not going to make the opening day ro- a roster. And when is he going to come up? Because we know how these teams manipulate service time and they play these games. And so if O'Neill Cruz does play out of his mind for 400 plate appearances, yes, he has a chance. But will he, you know, go through some going growing pains for 100 plate appearances? And, you know, he might still be in the conversation, but Seiya Suzuki is going to be in the lineup every single day for the Cubs. And will Seiya Suzuki be as good of a player as O'Neill Cruz? I don't think so. I really don't think so because, but he has this great floor. Seiya Suzuki is going to be an above average player at the major league level next year. And that makes me side with Seiya Suzuki because I know he's going to be in the lineup every day. I know he's going to get an opportunity to hit, you know, 25 home runs. He's going to hit 270 with 25 home runs, steal 10 bags. And to me, people are going to, the voters are going to look at that and go, okay, he put a complete season together rather than O'Neill Cruz. Even if he goes off for 350 plate appearances, it's, it's shortened. So before I get into my pick, I just want to evaluate a couple more guys because you did O'Neill Cruz and Seiya Suzuki. Let's work down the list a little bit. Joey Bart of the San Francisco Giants, their new catching, uh, not new catching prospect. He's been their best catching prospect, maybe outside of Patrick Bailey, but we're not going to go through the weeds on that one. We're talking rookie of the year. Joey Fart. I don't believe in the bat. I simply don't believe in the bat. Arm and I were just talking, grading the NL West offseason on the Just Baseball show. And he gave him an Austin Hedges type tag. That's the type of catcher he thinks he can be. At plus 750 third best odds, no, I'm staying away. Bryson Stott, a Philly, probably going to replace Didi Gregorius. But as currently constructed, Bryson Stott will not start on the big league roster. I think Bryson Stott has a lot of potential. At plus 900, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. I'm staying away. CJ Abrams, another really talented prospect. One of the best on this list. Not going to get a ton of playing time with the Padres this year. Has crazy speed. Will be a star in this league. Not yet. Hunter Green just made the Cincinnati Reds rotation. I'm a big believer in Hunter Green long term. But as currently constructed, he gives up a lot of home runs in the minor leagues. And he's going to be privy to that. Not only just being in the major leagues facing better competition, but in Cincinnati, an absolute space station for home runs. Not not the play I want to go. Sixto Sanchez isn't even throwing Edward Cabrera could he's not going to get much playing time either he he might fit in the Marlins rotation he might not he has to earn it he's not a guy I'm touching then you keep working down the list it's a lot of guys like Matt Beerling possibly but I just don't think he's the, that talented. the only other value here Peter is Brennan Davis who's also on the Cubs and and I really that's a guy at plus 2200 that i that I'd ponder, but again, I don't think he's going to get 400 plate appearances. He's going to come up at some point this season, but he's probably going to get 200 or 250 plate appearances. And it's just not enough to win the, to win the rookie of the year. I mean, did Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez didn't even win the rookie of the year that year when he came up and hit 25 bombs in like 60 games or whatever it was. So like, even if you, exactly, exactly. So if you've read any of my work on just baseball.com, if you follow our TikTok, if you follow me on Twitter, any of these things, you know that I'm all in on Seiya Suzuki. I really am. I wrote a profile on him. I made TikToks way before the lockout when I heard that he was going to be posted by the MPB. 
I did my research and I looked at all the video I could. I compared him to other greats and I wrote it. And what I found was, I think he compares very similarly similarly to Hideki Matsui when Hideki Matsui came over and played for the Yankees. He won a World Series ring. He was a above average player in the bigs. And I see maybe to not that quite extent, but I wouldn't be surprised if he became a guy like Hideki Matsui. I think he's going to hit around 265 to 275. I think he's got 25 pumps in his arsenal. I think he can run a little bit. He's going to steal a couple bags and he's going to be a solid defender in a corner. Not a bad defender, not a great defender, has a cannon of an arm. He stole a lot of bases in the MPB, but not at a great success rate. So I wouldn't expect that to carry over more than five to 10 bags. We already talked about him as well in our fantasy baseball outfit sleeper conversation as well. Seiya Suzuki is my pick at plus 380, and I do think it's a better pick than O'Neill Cruz, simply because I don't know how many games O'Neill Cruz is going to play in the bigs this year. That's it. Who's more talented? O'Neill Cruz is one of the most talented prospects like in terms of a batted ball profile that we've ever seen, but also a six-foot-seven shortstop. There just is an all-right worry that playing 162 games at that size, it's unprecedented. Not saying he couldn't do it, but it's just unprecedented. I don't like betting on unprecedented things. Even though Seiya Suzuki is a bit unprecedented, we've seen guys like him carry over to the bigs. I mean, we're not even talking about the pitchers conversation. Shohei Otani did pretty well when he came over. Masahiro Tanaka did pretty well. Kenta Maeda. There's been a lot of success stories recently with Shogo Akiyama and Yoshi Tsutsugo, those not as much, but Seiya Suzuki was a far better talent and a far better hitter and younger when he came over. Seiya Suzuki is my definitive pick for NL Rookie of the Year, and I'm not touching anything else. So I don't have a definitive pick today, like as if, meaning I'm not going to place a bet on either of these guys today. My plan here is wait for opening day. O'Neill Cruz is not going to make that opening day roster. Wait two weeks, wait two weeks, see what Seiya Suzuki does, see if he acclimates. If he doesn't, okay, great. If he does, his odd, if he acclimates, his odds might start getting lower. They might go to plus 250. Guess what? O'Neill Cruz's odds might you know, go down to plus 500, plus 600, even plus 700. At that point, I am going to put some money on O'Neill Cruz once the odds shift down because you know the Pirates, they're probably going to bring him up at Super 2. That might give him enough time to, to catch Seiya Suzuki. So I think that's the play. Wait and see where these numbers fall. Peter, I think if if you're a believer in the Seiya Suzuki train, and I and I think his value is great at plus 380, I'm very comfortable with that pick, and I, I support your pick there. I think another route is to go, if, you, if you're more of an O'Neill Cruz believer, just wait a little, a few weeks. Or if you're a Seiya Suzuki denier. I, I totally agree with you. That's a better plan, actually. My thing is, is that I believe in Seiya Suzuki so much that I want to get plus 380 now. Because to your yep. point, you you could tell he's going to come out and be an above average hitter. I think he is. And even he just hit an absolute tank show in spring training and scouts are raving about his power. That's straight from Bob Nightingale. I think plus 380 is the highest we're going to get it. I think it's going to continue to fall down to plus 250, down to 200. And then you're, I'm predicting you will even see a minus line from Seiya Suzuki next year. Like that's how good I think he's kind of going to dominate this league. I think wow. he's just going to be head and shoulders in terms of playing time. And for example, like let's say an O'Neill Cruz plays 110 games. And let's say, you know, let's say he hits 260 or something, but hits a bunch of home runs and plays a good defense. That's not going to outlast the Seiya Suzuki over a full season. 
So I even think that O'Neal Cruz, how talented he is, even in his rookie year, I don't know if he's going to outproduce Seiya Suzuki just in his yep. rookie year. Is he, a, of course, a better player long-term? No debate there. I'm saying for just this season, I don't think that even if he comes up in two weeks, he'll outproduce Seiya in his rookie year. Absolutely. So let's move on to AL Rookie of the Year. And I just want to run down these names real quick and, and list the odds because I think that there are eight guys here that could legitimately win this award this year. First of all, Bobby Witt Jr., the favorite, plus 300, needs no introduction. Spencer Torkelson, plus 450. Adley Rutschman, plus 600. Julio Rodriguez, plus 700. I just listed the top four prospects in baseball. That's Shane Boz, plus 1100. Riley Green of the Detroit Tigers, plus 1100 as well. Jeremy Pena, who's going to be taking over shortstop for the Astros now that Carlos Correa is gone, is at plus 1,200. Joe Ryan, who was traded from the Rays to the Twins last year for Nelson Cruz, is at plus 2,000. And even I'll put Reed Detmer's name in the hat at plus 2,000 as well because he's probably going to get innings for the Angels this year. Their rotation is slim. He's going to have a chance too. So I think there's legitimately nine names there that have a shot. Peter, who are you going with here? So let's first talk about where they're at in their development, right? Bobby Witt Jr. is currently supposed to make the big league roster, but it's still up in the air. And what we do know is that it's probably not going to be at shortstop. It's probably going to be at third base. Regardless, he's a pretty solid option if you're considering this list. Spencer Torkelson, I'm very excited about him because all reports point that he will be the opening day first baseman for the Detroit Tigers, which is huge, huge for them. Adley Rutschman, maybe the best prospect out of all of them, but he has a tricep strain hurt to start the year. He's not a guy I'm probably going to touch in his rookie year. Julio Rodriguez most likely will not start on the big league roster for the Mariners. I he's my favorite prospect of, of the entire bunch, but also not touching him this year. I'm just not sure how much he's going to play. Shane Boz, I'm obsessed with Shane Boz, but elbow surgery to remove remove loose bodies from that elbow in his. That's right a little arm. aggressive. It was it was arthroscopic. It was exactly. you know, no, it was minor. I it was said minor. elbow surgery. Technically it is, but it's not Tommy John. He's going to be fine. It's probably going to be a few weeks before he's back. My guess is he'll, he'll be thrown at the end of April. Like it's elbow surgery, quote unquote. I'm quoting for all the people on YouTube. It removing loose bodies. He's going to be totally fine. Riley Green, another tippity top prospect will start opening day. My pick Riley Green of the Detroit Tigers at plus 1100. I love this play. I think Riley Green is not only going to have the best rookie season, I think he's going to establish himself as one of the better outfielders in baseball. This is this is a top 10 prospect in baseball. And remember, this is not a 24, 25-year-old guy from college. No, this is a high school bat who has hit his entire way through. He's got power. He's got speed. He's a good defender. I think he's going to lead all rookies in war, all rookies in war. And that's why I have Riley Green winning it. I love that he's starting in center field to start the season with the Tigers, prime position, but not a lot of pressure to perform either. He's not in an enormous market. He's not in the thick of a playoff race. Riley Green has an opportunity to grow with guys in his locker room 
like a Javier Baez, like a Miguel Cabrera. Even Jonathan Scope is a great veteran in that locker room. Riley Green is a top prospect. Spencer Torkelson might have a more pristine bat, and I really like that pick as well, just because he's going to start in the bigs. But give me the value at plus 1,100 for, in my opinion, a better prospect than Spencer Torkelson long-term. I like the Riley Green pick. One for the value. Plus 1,100 is pretty deep value here. But two, this is a guy that that hit has a 300 ISO in the minor leagues as a 21-year-old in AAA, Peter. I mean, he hasn't even turned 22 years old yet. And looking at it, yes, he's going to start in center field, a premier defensive position, which puts him ahead of Torkelson because he's going to get more defensive value. It's very hard to get extra defensive value at first base. Um, but yeah, Riley Green is a guy that in his first major league season, if he plays the whole year, could be looking at 25 home runs. And, and I think he has that that power. And um, he's going to be a high Babbitt guy because he just puts the ball in play very, very hard. He's extremely well-rounded. That's what Riley Green gives you. He's not going to strike out that much. He's going to take his walks. He's a disciplined hitter. He has some power. He has some speed and he can play a center field at least average in his rookie year. And he has the opportunity to get better as well. I, I, I just... I think Riley Green is arguably the best player on this list, and he's getting the sixth best value when he's starting in center field opening day. I love it. This is hard. This is very, very hard to choose because there are a lot of good guys. To me, it's just picking out the value of this list. Like Bobby Witt Jr. to me is far and away the best player on this list. This is a guy that hit 285, you know, stole as many bases as he did hit home runs last year. I mean, in the big leagues, this guy really does have 30-30 potential. Um, and he's going to start at third base likely opening day, which gives him a very, very good shot to win rookie of the year. But at plus 300, there's a lot of variables involved here. I like for my money, Jeremy Pena, because he's going to start opening day for the Astros at shortstop. Another guy that, that hits the ball very hard. He's built like a linebacker. We've talked about it before. You know, you don't really need me to, to go on and on and on about it, but this guy at 287 hit 10 home runs in 30 games in AAA last year as a 23 year old. What I do like about that as well, Peter, and you mentioned the age, this isn't about Riley Green, this isn't a 23, 24 year old, but I actually like that he's a little bit older, that he isn't 21, that like, to me, I can't imagine what it's got to be like as a 22 year old to step into the batter's box as a 21 year old facing guys that are 33, you know, twi almost twice your age. And it, it's got to be mentally so hard at that age to, you know, even comprehend what you're going through out there and, and going through struggles because these, these prospects always go through struggles and slumps. And it's, how do you break out of those slumps? Um, I think Jeremy Pena is a guy that, that no matter what is going to get his shot at shortstop, even if he goes through those slumps again, no pressure. And I like for my value at plus 1200, really like that play. I think both of our plays are value, value plays. And I think you could even take both of them and feel good that that one has a really good shot of hitting. If you gave me a second round pick, I'd take Spencer Torkelson at plus 450. If you give me a third round pick, I'd take Jeremy Pena at plus 1200. I agree. We know about the defense. And maybe if you don't, if you're unaware of Jeremy Pena, he's, a, he's going to be a rookie. He's going to be replacing Carlos Correa, a top prospect for the Houston Astros. And Jeremy Pena... The story of him is he was always a great glove. He's gotten 70 grade, 70 grades on the defense can replace Carlos Correa's defense. Maybe not to the level of a platinum glove, but he's that type of defender, like lockdown glove. That's how he was always imagined in the minor league ranks. But then what did he do? 
He added 15 pounds of muscle, and now he looks like a train engine. The exit velocities match up. He's hitting the piss out of the ball. The offense is what has been yet to be unlocked, but the profile is so juicy for that. And to your point, he's going to get the opportunity to start opening day, which is enormous. Jeremy Pena, really a believer in that pick. And and again, I wouldn't say that the offensive profile hasn't been unlocked because I think it absolutely has. He didn't play in 2020. No minor leaguers did. In 2019, his bat was decent. The power wasn't unlocked yet. But last year, the power was unlocked. 10 home runs in 30 games, a 311 ISO. I mean, it was a small sample size. That's the thing. Wrong, but what we've heard, sample size. all the things we've heard are that this guy is a superstar and, and looks everything like a superstar, which is scary in one way. Like, you know, it is a little bit of a pressure on him. But, you know, in another way, it's like, wow, these people have seen, these evaluators have seen guys like this come through before and they know what they're looking for. So just to recap, in the National League, I am all in on Seiya Suzuki. And then in the American League, I am a big believer in Riley Green plus 1100, but I also like plus 450 from Spencer Torkelson and plus 1200 from Jeremy Pena. And then I am in on O'Neill Cruz. Wait for it. I like Seiya Suzuki's value as well. I'm not very definitive on the NL Rookie of the Year odds right now, but I like waiting for O'Neill Cruz's odds once he, you know, once it's confirmed. It basically is confirmed that he's not going to make the opening roster. Um, and then in the AL, I, I like, I really like Jeremy Pena's odds. He's going to get to play a full season. Defense is plus, and I think that the projection systems right now are totally undervaluing his offense. If he's an above average player, he doesn't have to be crazy above average. If he's a 110 WRC plus guy, you know, with 10 defensive runs saved. That's incredible value. That's incredible value to the Astros. I'm going to end this with throwing this at you because I also do like Jeremy Pena, but I actually kind of came to a realization when I was, when I was just going through the odds and, and when I wanted to place my bet plus 1100 versus plus 1200 with Riley Green and Jeremy Pena, who do you think is a better player? My worry with Riley Green is who that do you he think is, is a better player. Who do I think is a better player? Who do you think is a better player? Um, I don't think that that matters in, in, in the context of rookie of the year odds and in their first year playing because long-term, yes, I think, I think Riley green is the better player here, but I have yet to see them play at the big league level. And two Riley green has yet to even turn 22 years old. He's a 21 year old. I worry that, that if he does come up, he's a high strikeout guy. He strikes out 30% of the time. If he is striking out 35% of the time and really, really struggling for not two weeks, not four weeks, but like six weeks, the Tigers might have to make plans to send him down to AAA, and I do worry that that, that, that could be a possibility here. I kind of like the floor of Jeremy Pena because of the defense, because I he doesn't strike out 30% of the time, and he's not 21 years old. He's 23-year-old, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more mature. I'm not saying Riley Green's not mature, but just age-wise and, and, you know, just, yeah. I will say there have been a couple outfielders, young outfielders who are very, very top prospects who have done pretty well in their rookie season as being even 19, 20 year olds. We're going to get into them. In the Don't paint me against you, Peter. I literally said that Riley Green was a great pick and you should bet both of them. And now you're trying to pin me against you. <laughs> I'm just so fired up about Riley Green. So let's talk about the NL Cy Young because we have a couple different picks, but they're kind of related. My pick Tighten him up, tighten him up the leather jacket. I've been on this man. I still think he is Verlander in the flesh. He's a young version of him. Tight pants, 97 at the top of the zone. Absolute bender on the best team in baseball. Give me Walker Bueller 
plus 1,000. I love Walker Bueller. I think he's going to be the best pitcher in the National League next year. So, but before we get into it, because you're probably wondering, well, what about everybody else? Jacob deGrom is at plus 330. I've said it on this podcast before. I'm going to say it again. And if it bites me in the ass next year, so be it. It's how I bet. I do not bet on people who I think have injury designations or are injury prone. I don't know if it's humanly possible for Jacob deGrom to throw 175 to 200 innings, throwing 102 miles an hour. Could he do it and prove me wrong? Absolutely. I'm just not going to put my hard-earned money on him, especially when the value is that low. Max Scherzer at plus 800. I think he has a shot to win it. And we, I was actually on Locked on Mets with Ryan Finkelstein talking about Max Scherzer versus Jacob deGrom. Colby, don't you kind of think that Max Scherzer wants to prove that he's a little bit better than Jacob DeGrom? Just in his head. Not that he's ever going to say it. Not that he's he's going to be, I love, he's going to love well, Jacob DeGrom. He's going to love it. It's not possible for Max Scherzer not, to be not better saying, than Jacob DeGrom. Not saying that he's going to prove to be better, but that he wants to be so good that he can win the Cy Young. It, just telling him that he's not better, like by the numbers, of course, you're not going to be able to tell him. But in his mind, he's going to be able to think that. Corbin Bird's a plus 950. I kind of like that too. Corbin Bird's a plus nine fifty. Yeah, what? A, like, stop problem. now. I'm, I'm. I have more picks that I that I like. But I mean, dude, the Corbin Burns was the best pitcher on the planet last year, not named Jacob Degrom, who can't stay healthy. And at plus nine fifty, I mean, he could wipe the floor with all these guys. He was his peripherals. We talked about it on the pitcher rankings episode for fantasy. I mean, he had a two four three ERA and then a one nine five FIP. It was something like that. Like he was out of his mind. We're gonna talk about this in the MVP discussion, but I would like to say that although Corbin Burns is phenomenal and he might have the best season next year as a pitcher, but the last pitcher to win consecutive Cy Youngs is Denny McLean for the Detroit Tigers in 1968 and 1969. There's just not a lot of precedent for a pitcher winning consecutive Cy Youngs. There have been plenty of pitchers who have won multiple Cy Youngs, and a lot of them are in the Hall of Fame. And maybe Corbin Burns is headed there somewhere, someday. But then again, with that precedent... Corbin Burns just might not win the Cy Young again. That's why I'm just going to stay away from plus 950, even though I look at this list and I say, well, Corbin Burns is the maybe the best pitcher outside of Jacob deGrom, and you're giving me 600 more points of value over Jacob deGrom. That seems good, but just with precedent, we're going to talk about Bryce Harper in a minute. That's where I just stay away a little bit. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. I. I'm not officially picking Corbin Burns either, so I'm not going to pretend that I am. But it's it is crazy to look at that and go, "Wow, Corbin Burns was was actually the best pitcher on the planet, not named Jake Degrom last year." And how is he not going to win it at plus nine fifty? But yes, yes. So you can, if you want to continue going down that list a little bit, I can do it too. Absolutely, yeah. Why not? I'll just I'll just end with Zach Wheeler, and then you can keep going with with your guys because I assume your pick might be soon. Zach Wheeler is at plus a thousand. Love Zach Wheeler dealing with a shoulder issue don't really want to touch him. Not that he is that injury prone. Just, I don't want to start betting on guys who have shoulder injuries to start the season. How serious it is? Probably only a couple weeks, but don't really want to touch that. And then I'll end it with Brandon Woodruff at plus 1300. He could win it. He could win it for sure. Peter, I 
I like that you kind of set me up there and said, yeah, you take the rest of the names. I'm sure your guy will be up soon. And you would think so. You would think my guy that I'm about to name would be in the top 10 here. You might even think he might be in the top five. I have him at number 10 on my top 20 pitchers in all of baseball. And he is almost at 20 on the NL Cy Young odds. It's Julio Urias plus 3,500. He's behind names like Pablo Lopez, you Darvish, Chris Bassett. Are you kidding me right now? Are Jack Flaherty's me? above me. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, re- I mean, this is a guy that finished top 10 in ERA, XERA, FIP in 2021. He had the second lowest hard hit rate against and the fourth lowest home run per fly ball rate in baseball. He only walked 5.1% of batters, which was second lowest in baseball. He increased the usage of his best pitch, which is his, which is his curveball, completely eliminated the slider. And dude, this pitch is an anomaly. I mean, it moves 15 inches horizontally. It's it's more of a slurp. It's it's a ridiculous pitch. I mean, the thing just moves, gets a ton of whiffs, but he's this perfect balance. What do I always say about the guys? The pitchers I love are guys that one get whiffs and get soft contact. And he does both of those. And I think it's it's always going to lead to him outperforming expected metrics, but it's also very, very good. You know, we talk about pitcher wins as if they don't matter anymore. But in the Cy Young conversation, I still think they have some merit of like, it's not going to matter if you do win 11. I think you can win a Cy Young with 11 wins, but I think it is an added bonus if you win 20. And Julio Rice did do that in 2021. So if he can pitch to a 2-4-2-5 ERA plus win 20 games in this Dodgers on this Dodgers team, he's an insane value at plus 3,500. And I've picked him for months now to win the Cy Young. I think it's a phenomenal pick because if I didn't pick Walker Buehler, I'm going right down to go bet on Julio Arias. I think it's going to be one of these Dodgers pitchers this year. There's a reason we bet on both of them to lead the National League in wins, lead the entire league in wins as well. This Dodgers team is going to win a ton of games and they're going to be the horses at the top. I really don't. I, I The only reason I side with Walker Buehler is I just think Walker Buehler is a little bit better of a pitcher than Julio Arias is. That's really it. But if we're talking value, Julio, I just don't think the gap might just be a better pick. To me, the gap, I have Walker Bueller as my number five pitcher in baseball. I have Julio Urias at number 10. You're telling me that the difference between five and 10 is plus 2,500. And I'm not saying your pick is bad, Peter. That's not at all what I'm implying here because I think you're absolutely spot on with Walker Bueller. But it's just, I'm more complaining to the odds makers right now. What are you doing? Actually, no. Please continue on doing what you're doing because this is beautiful, but please scoop up this value before it's gone because it'll be gone a month into the season. And another guy that we're both on and you ranked him in your top 10 pitchers. If I made a top 10 pitchers list, which we will on the Juice Baseball Show, he would also be in my top 10 pitchers list. And he's on the rival, Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants, plus 1,800. I started to really believe in Logan Webb. When Cody Bellinger told a reporter that he shoves it up their ass. Not only do I look at the, at his pitch profile, at his pitch mix and how he throws, I watch him on the mound. He's got moxie. He's got that sinker slider combo from hell kind of reminds me of a better Brandon Webb back in the day. I don't know if you remember Brandon Webb, but he was an unreal pitcher with an ERA in the mid twos. Logan Webb is cut from that cloth plus 1800. 
and just to give you um, an idea of where he, his value lies, like what pitchers are, are next to him, Kohler Rodon on his same team, again, plus 1,800. Logan Webb is a better pitcher than him. Jack Flaherty dealing with injuries to start the year, plus 2,200. Blake Snell could be awesome, but give me Logan Webb at plus 1,800, and you agree. And again, Peter, longevity is such a big factor in the Cy Young Award voting, right? I think Logan Webb is a guy that can throw 200 innings. In the playoffs, he was going 7-8, even throwing complete games. He has the upside to throw complete games. But the big reason to love Webb is simple. He gets whiffs and he gets ground balls. Predicting pitcher performance year over year, Peter, is the easiest with pitchers that, one, get whiffs, and two, limit damage on contact. But on the ground, you can't hit a home run on a ground ball, right? And he gets ground balls at 60% clip only lower than Framber Valdez, right? And the numbers support it. If you go by Woba, right? Woba on ground balls last year was 221. Woba on fly balls was 457. And just one last point, 47% whiffs on his slider was the eighth most by a pitcher, by, by a starting pitcher on any pitch. 47% whiff on his slider. I mean, it's a crazy pitch mix. He gets ground balls. He plays in a pitcher's ballpark. It's like you don't even need to say more than that. We don't need to say more than that, so let's move on to the American League. I have one pick and one pick only. It's my pick from last year, and I'm going with him again. It's Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees at plus 425. He currently has the best odds to do it. Shane Bieber, plus 700, a guy with a little bit of injury risk, has the capabilities to do it. Of course, I don't want to put my hard-earned money on it. Robbie Ray. Don't think he's going to bounce back to be that Cy Young contender again. We talked about Denny McLean the last time to win a consecutive Cy Young, 1980 or 1968 to 1969. Robbie Ray, not going to be betting on him. Lucas Giolito at plus 1100 could make the jump. I don't think he's going to. He's going to be a great pitcher. I don't think he's going he's to. He's not going to, to, to make, make the jump to a Cy Young. Cy, exactly. No. Sean Mania has no business being at plus 1400. Lance McCullers injured to start the year. Dylan Cease, a really young pitcher that I do like. We're looking at him deep value for strikeout, possibly win totals. Don't think the signing is in his future this year. Shane McClanahan has the stuff to do it. I think it's a little bit early in his development. Gives Chris up Sale. too much loud contact. Way Chris, too much loud contact. Way too much loud contact. Chris Sale, plus 1600. Red Sox, injured to start the year. Verlander coming off an elbow injury, plus 1,600. Kevin Gosman moving over from the Giants to the Blue Jays. Does he rebound and win a Cy Young in his first year with the Blue Jays? Possibly. Don't think it's going to happen. Frankie Montas has the possibility to do so, but I don't think he's that type of guy. And then we go to Lance Lynn, Jose Barrios, Valdi Gray. It's Garrett Cole. It's Garrett Cole, and he's still the best pitcher in the American League, and it's not that close unless Shane Bieber is on, but and Shane Bieber will most likely be on. So those are really the only two picks. And the only reason I'm staying away from Shane Bieber is a little bit of the injury. You got to go with Garrett Cole. Yeah, I think Garrett Cole is going to come out with a vengeance. I think he feels slighted that he didn't win last year, even though he didn't deserve it. But I think he feels slighted that he didn't win because he pitched his heart out. But I think that he's going to be even better than he was last year. I mean, even, even by Cole standards, a 3.180 array. I think that's what he had. It's around there. Don't kill me if I got that wrong. Whatever it was. He that's not what he usually is. He's usually in the twos. And I think a return to a two, six, two, seven ERA with 200 innings with the strikeout title vaults him into that scion conversation. I do. I mean, like I I'll play devil's advocate here. I, I am on Cole with you. I'm just going to play devil's advocate a little bit for Bieber. I mean, he did win the Cy Young in the shortened 2020 season and, 
by all means is, you know, I, my pitcher rankings were DeGrom, Burns, Cole, and then Bieber when healthy is right behind Cole. Yeah. Um, so at least there's a battle there, but yeah, I, I really do think that Cole is going to be on another level this year. One name that I think is interesting. That's way down the list. You shouldn't bet on this, but just something funny to watch maybe is Logan Gilbert at plus 700. I think he he's going to come out firing this year. Plus seven. Yes. Plus 7,000. Plus 7,000. <laughs> 7, don't bet on that. or mean, put a dollar on it or something. I don't know, but like, don't bet on it, whatever. He is going to come out and, and pitch really, really well this year. Um, he's not going to win the Cy Young, but just a name to watch. Corey Kluber with his new Rays are probably probably going to figure out a way to win the Cy Young. The Rays are just. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Here. Like John <laughs> Means at plus five thousand. Like the value here is is really bad for any of these guys. Agreed. It's not even that great a value, and they're not going to win it. Even though John Means is developing ace, but yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about the big kings, the MVPs, and we'll start in the National League. Juan Soto currently the favorite at plus. 280 ron acuna jr plus 700 bryce harper plus 900 mookie Betts plus 900 and freddie freeman plus 1200 trey turner plus 1400 and fernando tatis plus 1800 that rounds out everyone below plus 2000 i'll go through it again juan soto plus 280 the problem is and what i was going to bring to you is that when you go through the past mvps Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, Jose Abreu and Freddie Freeman in 2020, Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger. Like the worst seasons by these MVPs was like the Miami Marlins in the Giancarlo Stanton year, but they weren't that bad that year either. Mike Trout on some of these angels, but he was far and away the best player on that team, but they were nowhere near as bad as the Nationals project to be. Like if I told you that the Nationals were winning, winning 70 games, you may say they may win less. Ronald Acuna Jr. coming off a knee injury on his back leg. He's going to have to twist with that knee. Could the power go down? Maybe. We aren't sure. Maybe does he run a little bit less? I think it's possible. But he is such a young guy that he could come, that he most likely will come back and be totally fine. Bryce Harper. I talked about the Cy Young back to 1968 to 1969. There is just no precedent for winning multiple MVPs in a row. The last time an MVP won it, two times in a row was Mike Schmidt back in 1980 and 1981. It was with the Phillies and Bryce Harper is now with the Phillies. So that could be interesting there. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. It's going to be very hard to decipher between the two somewhat similar to Cy Young, but Trey Turner is right there. They have so many MVP candidates on offense that it's hard to decipher between all of them. Who's going to win. So as a collective Dodger total, I'd rather target their two starting pitchers rather than the 1927 Yankees offense that almost everybody could win an MVP. Their eight hitter, Cody Bellinger, already won an MVP. Like that's the type of offense that they have. Fernando Tatis Jr. rounding out the top, what, seven-ish? Yeah, top seven out three months to, with a shoulder. Do not bet on him to win MVP. Just do not bet on Fernando Tatis Jr. to win MVP, even though I told you that a couple months ago that I really did think that he was going to win it this year. Now there's no shot. Yeah, so Peter, let me counter you on the Juan Soto fact here. Because Juan Soto, yes, he plays on a bad team. But, you know, that doesn't matter at all because Juan Soto is not human. He's a superhuman. Since 2019, Juan Soto leads baseball with a 159 WRC+. plus. The next closest over that span is Bryce Harper at 146 WRC+. plus. I mean, it's really no contest here. There's no better hitter in the National League than Juan Soto. And again, he's a plus defender in right field. 
four defensive runs saved. You can say he's average, but what it's not going to take away from his value. But remember, Peter, Juan Soto had a 199 WRC plus in the second half of last year. He is on a freaking another level. If he puts up a 175, a 180, even a 190 WRC plus, that would not be out of the question this year. He's on another level. And even despite his team being bad, he is going to be so much better than everybody else in the national league this year, that it's not going to matter for him being the most valuable player. I think we, we, as a, you know, as a collective have moved kind of away from just evaluating a guy. If their team wins, I think we, we now understand that guys can, can produce value on their own. And we could be looking at, you know, a nine win season from Juan Soto this year. I, I really think so. And that's going to be far and away better than any of the other seasons that any of these guys put up in the NL. So I'm picking Juan Soto plus 280. I mean, I would even take this down to like plus 200 because I really think he he is far and away the best player in the National League. It's fine. I'm not going to bet on Juan Soto to win the National League MVP. Um, first of all, plus 280, that value just over a full season when anything can happen, when I understand how bad his team is. First of all, he had an amazing season last year. Didn't beat out Bryce Harper, who was on the Phillies, who had just had a better team. Should Bryce Harper still have won it? Probably. Could Juan Soto have a better season even than last year when he was incredible? Yes. And I think he will even have a better season than he did last year. He's just that much of a mature hitter. Another year under his belt. That just scares the living daylights out of me. But the only reason I'm going to push back on that is because my pick is Ronald Acuna Jr. at plus 700. First, I don't think the gap when we're going to look at war, when we're going to look at the entire picture of the Braves are most likely going to win the division. And Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2020, he was on pace for 44 home runs. In 2019, he's a 40 home run guy. And then before he got injured, he was on pace for 49 home runs. Uh, it might have been 2020 on pace for 49 and 2021 on pace for 40. Don't kill me on that, but 40 plus home run power. We know he can hit 290 as well. We know he's probably a better defender in right field than Juan Soto. We also know that stolen bases is much more of a factor for Ronald Acuna, much better team. Freddie Freeman then leaves. The narrative around Ronald Acuna Jr. is now he becomes the king of the Braves. And at plus 700, I like that value a lot more. And my only concern is the knee. Of course, he tore his ACL last year and he's going to have to twist on that knee Peter I but thought you didn't like injuries I don't love injuries and that's why this pick is so scary to me but when I look at a guy like Ronald Acuna Jr I am much less afraid of an ACL tear considering that is the most common injury in sports that guys return from all the time for example when pitchers are returning from Tommy John I'm not as worried that as I'm worried about a shoulder thing about another thing like that so Ronald Cooney Jr. does have somewhat of that injury designation, but he's never had it before the torn ACL. And I totally believe that a young guy like Ronald Cooney Jr. with an entire offseason then to get right is going to come back out firing for the Braves off of that injury. This is the one where I'm breaking my own rules. But in my perspective, I don't really think I'm breaking my own rules because I don't see the injury bug like on other guys. I think we're getting complacent with how good Juan Soto is. Man. I think I mean, we're getting complacent the, with how good Ronald Acuna Jr. is. Like he's also, uh, for example, like. But he doesn't sniff. No, Peter. Let me. Let me. No. I, no well, he hold on. Let me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If I Juan Soto, if I were to look at the numbers, we're looking at the WRC plus numbers. They're not that far off from each. No, other. No, they're very far off, Peter. They're very far off. 
Juan Soto in the second half of last year had a 199 WRC plus. Something was not right for Juan Soto in the first half of last year. He had a 126 WRC plus. Something was not right. He had a 199 WRC plus in the second half of last year. And in 47 games in 2020, he had a 201 WRC plus. And that, you can say small sample, but his ex-WOBA was equal to his WOBA in that year. This dude really could put up a 200 WRC plus. Ronald Acuna at his best is putting up a 165, 170 at his best. And I think that's a floor for Juan Soto this year. Still pretty good. So that's why I'm saying if Ronald Acuna Jr., first of all, he's put up 158 and 157 WRC plus the last two years. If he puts up a 160 WRC plus and Juan Soto puts up a 175, Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably going to win the award. No shot. No shot. 15% better. You're saying that a guy that's 15% better at the plate is not deserving of the MVP. I, I don't agree. Ball. I think Acuna's we're valuing players completely different here because that that's crazy. Acuna is going to hit more home runs. He's probably going to drive in more runs than Juan Soto. I'm looking at just how voters are going to vote. I With think voters, uh, voters vote in today's world looking at things like WRC plus looking at things like war, it, it's not the same anymore as just looking at, Oh, he put up 125 RBIs. Like they were, we, you know, we say that some of the voters, okay. Are, are old school. There definitely are. But I think that a lot of the voters are starting to realize that these things really do matter on how valuable these players are. If we're just going to keep going in circles here, but I think we have each laid out our points for, for Ronald Lacuna and, and Juan Soto. So I'm going to move on to my, my value pick because if Juan Soto, you know, does get hurt, if Ronald Lacuna does, you know, get hurt as well. I really like the value pick here with Francisco Lindor at plus 2,800 in 2018, Francisco Lindor hit 38 home runs, had a 132 WRC plus finished with 7.7 war, which would have actually led the league last year in all of war. So he has this level of production, right? But he didn't do it last year. He was he was around 100 WRC plus. But in the second half, he had a 118 WRC plus. Something clicked for him. Um, and this spring, he's raking. I think he had he had he was fourth in OPS. I know it's a small sample; it's 20 plate appearances. But I really do think that Francisco Lindor is entering the season locked in. Um, and if he can come close to replicating, you know, that performance of 38 home runs, a WRC plus of of 132. And again, playing into the narrative of being on a good team, being the leader on a really good Mets team. Um, he'll be in the MVP conversation for sure. I like the value of plus 2,800. I also like the value of plus 2,800. I think he's going to bounce back as well. I don't really want to bet on an NL MVP dark horse. I really, Ronald Acuna Jr. is my pick. I also wrote a story about Chris Bryant at plus 4,000. The odds are currently plus 4,500. The only reason I do think that is because Chris Bryant's batted ball profile is an is a wet dream for Colorado, like a literal wet dream for Coors Field. So I think he could put up disgusting numbers there. And I don't think that the Rockies, for example, I think the Rockies are going to win 10 more games than the Nationals will. Um, plus 4,500, I like it. I will sprinkle, but not a big bet. My real big bet is Robert Cooney Jr. Another name that I want to bring up that won't win the MVP, but but I think will be somewhere in the conversation. We'll get like, you know, uh, a seventh place or sixth place vote. He's not on a good enough team to do it, but it's Brian Reynolds at plus 7,000. Last year, he finished 11th in war as a hitter, 142 WRC plus. 
he hit 300 with 25 home runs. I've seen crazier things than guys raising their average by 20 points and hitting, you know, five more home runs in a season. So if he did hit 320 with 30 home runs, I think it would put him in the conversation at least, and he would get a couple votes, but he's not going to win. But I think it's just an interesting name to like watch out for. Don't bet on it. Because he's really good. He's really good. Only thing is Pirates probably not going to win 70 games. Let's move to the American League MVP. Shohei Otani is the favorite of plus 400. He can pitch. He can hit. He can do anything. He can also run at like crazy speeds because he's not from this planet. Mike Trout is at plus 450. The best player in baseball before Mike before Shohei Otani showed up. I don't know what you call Shohei Otani. I don't even know how to rank him if we were going to do top 10 players in baseball. I, I just put him as zero or like as a letter. I don't even know how to rank him, quite honestly, because you put so him at one and you, yeah. you move on. Yeah, or I, I think zero. Like make the list and just be like, Otani's better than them. Regardless, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Clocks in next at plus 450. He's coming off the best offensive season out of anybody last year. Aaron Judge at plus 1,800 in his walk year. He will be a free agent after the year. The Yankees have yet to officially sign him to an extension, so it is interesting. That was a big jump. That's a three-headed monster up top, and then you just go plus 400, plus 450, plus 450, plus 1,800. Whoa, that's a, that's a big drop. And there's a lot of guys mixed in here at plus 1,800. Aaron Judge and Wander Franco, Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez are at plus 2,000 and plus 2,200 respectively. And then there's Bo Bichette at plus 2,200, tied with Jordan Alvarez as well. as plus And you skipped Luis Robert too there at plus 2,000 as well. I did skip big, Luis Robert. It's a big, also my bad for skipping him because he easily could win the American League MVP. So let's go with your pick first, then I'll give you mine. Sure thing, buddy, sure thing. I am picking the first repeat MVP since 2012, 2013, Miguel Cabrera. I'm going back with Shohei Otani. I just can't get away from him. The narrative around a player that can pitch and hit at a high level is just too much for other players to overcome, in my opinion. He had the fifth highest WRC plus last year, the 23rd lowest ERA and 120 innings pitched. And I think he could actually take it another level this season. I think the WRC plus, okay, maybe if he's eighth in the league or 10th in the league, might see a little regression in the hitting department, but I think he goes from 120 innings pitched to 150, 160 innings pitched. And remember last year, he had a three around an ERA around three, one or three, two. If he can do that same thing, but for 40 more innings, it's going to just take his, his war to another level. He had an 8.1 or 8.4 war last year. I think it was higher. If you look at baseball reference. Um, and then my concerns around Vladimir Guerrero jr. Are that, he's basically going to have to do what he did last year, but basically better if he wants to beat Otani. Um, he had a 167 WRC plus last year. Maybe if we see regression from Otani, which I'm not expecting, he can do it. Um, but I don't think, again, Trout can stay healthy either. Lower bodies or lower body injuries are just scary once you hit age 30, age 31. Um, and I don't, not saying that Trout's going to miss three months, but I think he's going to miss, you know, two weeks here three weeks there and just kind of he'll play 130 games it's funny i i don't have a solid read on the 2022 al mvp and i know that might be lame for everybody that's listening but i really don't i am afraid of shohei otani in a way do i think he could possibly be the best player of all time yes it's just unprecedented, people, and I don't want to put my hard-earned money on plus 400 for him to win the American League MVP. I don't want to tell you where to put your money. I just don't want to put my money on Shoyotani at plus 400. 
Mike Trout, another guy with injury concerns. I'm not going to touch him. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in his second full season, I think he's got a shot. Of course, I think he's got a shot. But there are little holes you could poke about how he was a little bit worse in the second half. But then again, what am I even doing poking holes? He's going to be amazing. But he then again in place first base. What am I doing? I'm continuing to try. Just move on. Just move on. I'm moving on. (laughs) But my pick is Aaron Judge at plus 1800, and it has nothing to do with my Yankee bias. What it has to do is, and this is not something I have bet yet, This is something I am monitoring to see if the Yankees extend him or not. If they do not, Aaron Judge will be my pick, and I'll tell you why. It's his walk here, and he's been healthy, and he's great on defense, and he has the possibility to hit 40 jacks. I think this will be the best year of Aaron Judge since his rookie year. Because all the batted ball stuff, what do I have to tell you? That he hits the ball harder than everybody, and he hits 280 with 40 jacks. Like I don't have to tell you that. You know that already. Aaron Judge at plus 1,800, when you consider the value compared to his contemporaries, I think he has a great shot. Again, the Yankees will most likely be in the playoff hunt. They're going to win a lot of games. He's going to be at the forefront of it. It's going to be the story is going to be his walk year. He's going to sign an extension. He's probably going to unload on baseballs this year. Also, the conspiracy ball that I've been talking about, not that it really values him, but I think it could in the sense of it could turn a couple of those doubles into home runs. I think Aaron Judge is my pick at plus 1,800. But to be perfectly honest with you, um, if he signs an extension with the Yankees, I'll have to reevaluate. But right now, like I love Luis Robert at plus 2,000, but he has the six best odds. I thought of him as a dark horse. Vegas doesn't. So that's why I'm a little bit weary now. Jose Ramirez, which you're about to talk about, that would be my next pick if you put a gun to my head. Yeah, I really like Jose Ramirez's value at plus 2,200. I think there's the narrative, one, that that if he plays really well and the Guardians sneak into the playoffs, he will be the main reason for that. Um, but he's done MVP caliber seasons before. He had 6.4 war last season, which is not MVP caliber, but it's close. And he had 8.1 war in 2018. In that year, he had 38 home runs and... The thing with Jose Ramirez is he's a six-tool guy. He had 36 home runs last year, 27 stolen bases, 111 runs, 103 RBIs, and he hit a near 280. And he's a premier defender. He had seven defensive runs saved, or 10 defensive runs saved, which ranked seventh in baseball last year. If he can go 40 home runs, 30 stolen bases, premier defender, guardians make the playoffs. I think he has a chance at winning the MVP and a chance at, you know, real a real chance at finishing top three. I don't even think the Guardians have to make the playoffs for him to win it. I think the Guardians can win about 80 games and he can still win it if he has that incredible year that he's talking that you're talking about. And he does have that capabilities. I kind of think once they ban the shift, he's going to be the greatest player because he's been shifted a ton against. And I know he's a switch hitter, but he he pulls the ball a lot with the left side and he, you know, grounds into a couple outs. Like he's not a big batting average guy. He's around 260. But I think once they ban the shift, like 2023, I'm targeting him to win the American League, American League MVP. And this year, like he's still amazing. He has all the potential in the world to do so. He's a war king because he's a great defender over there at third. The home runs you talked about, the stolen bases you talked about, and the OPS numbers in the WRC plus don't even need to be mentioned because they're elite. Uh, that would be my pick if Aaron Judge 
signs the extension with the Yankees. Peter, you can you can tail along with me for a value pick if you want to tail along with me. I would love to have you on the train with Jose Ramirez. We'll just root for Jose Ramirez, and we can root for the Guardians. I want to root for the Guardians this year. I don't know about you. I love watching Cal Quattro. I will never back down from that. I just think he's a good pitcher. I remember him at Stanford, and I've just always been a believer, and watching him shove last year was great. We're both big believers in Tristan McKenzie, and how fun is Shane Bieber? I mean, Shane Bieber is even from UCSB, where I'm from in Santa he- Barbara. I got to watch him in college when he was throwing 88 to 90 or not even 90. He was throwing like 87 to 89. And I was thinking, oh, this could be a pretty good pitcher. He's got incredible command. He's got a good curveball. And then he just turns it up to another level once he goes to Cleveland. Like, I'm very excited for the Guardians this year. They aren't, though, because they didn't add any bats. Shane Bieber asked me to be my best friend's uh, best man through Cameo. And he did an amazing job. He roasted me for ranking him six in my top 20 pitchers along the way, which was beyond funny i have so much respect for bieber i'm a lifelong fan um and i'll, I'll root for, to the death for him this year um peter do you have any other value picks here i have one more pick that i kind of want to end the episode on because i think it'll it'll give the viewers really good just fun vibes going into the weekend i'm with that hit us with it so imagine a world where javier baez at plus seven thousand wins the al mvp In his last 150 plate appearances of 21, he had 162 WRC plus and struck out only 26% of the time while hitting 328. Now, is that sustainable? I am going to get a resounding hell fucking no. But Baez has the ability to maintain an insanely high Babbitt. He has for his entire career. So an average around 290 or even 300, if he puts more contact into play, which he did at the end of last year, is not out of the the realm of possibility. And am I saying this is likely? Absolutely not. But he had a 5.4 war in 2018, and he had a WRC plus 131. Imagine a world where Javier Baez hits 40 home runs, brings the Tigers to the playoffs. They were an amazing team down the stretch last year. And he has the defensive capabilities to be near a seven war player at his best. I think he could sway voters. This is a crazy out there thing, but I am starting to sell myself on the idea of it and the dream of it because America is about a dream and Javier Baez has a dream. Imagine a world where Jaime Candelario at plus 8,000. <laughs> no, but it's crazy to say. And the only reason I bring that up is because they're on the same team. And plus 7,000 for Javier Baez over plus 8,000 for Jaime Candelario. Much better value for Javier Baez because he has that type of potential. It's not stupid. Like plus 7,000 for a guy with that much potential is not outlandish. And I am screwing around here, but like really I am kind of being sold on the fact that Javier Baez will have a better season this year. I do. But so. really when it comes down to it, Peter, like he has the ability, the raw ability to be an MVP if he just would strike out less. So like, we'll see. We'll That's see. The only I'm problem. Not- He's probably, he's probably not going to strike out any less. So that'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. Enjoy your weekend, good people out there listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys listening. If you could rate us five stars and write a review about what you're liking about the podcast so far, we would genuinely appreciate it. And for our people on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. If you are enjoying Not Gambling Advice, we leave will be back. Leave us a comment. And leave us a comment too. We will be back next week to go over win totals and our world series 
picks. And get your Just Baseball merch in the episode link description under my leather jacket right now. You know I'm rocking my Just Baseball merch. Got it rocking. Colby's rocking his Just Baseball hoodie. Get you yours before opening day. I don't have anything to add. Do you have anything to add, Colby? And with that, thank you, everybody. everybody.